reporters are biased, the Idaho Press Club are biased, all media, newspaper, radio. To be completely blunt here, Brian, and there are plans to expand indoctrination. That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see. Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works. Well, hello there and welcome to Nowhere to Hide. Very glad to have you with me today as we talk about some obfuscation. There's a word for us as uh, we cover a number of different news stories. Um, I'm going to actually start with some good news, though, today. Now, understand, twice a week I do these videos to help point out some of the more obvious examples of media bias and spin that's intended to lead us to uh, places where we might not naturally arrive if we were presented with all the facts and then allowed to make up our own minds. In other words, we're being steered sometimes by fear, sometimes by hatred, sometimes it's, it's by anger, but someone is trying to direct our thinking for us. And I'm one of those people who's of a mind that that's just, that's not cool. So I'm encouraging you to think for yourself. That means there is no obligation that you have to agree with me, although I would appreciate it if you uh, give some very serious thought to what you see coming at you from especially legacy media. So we're going to start with some good news, and I hope I hope you can appreciate why this is good news. It starts with, uh, with this headline, Christians arrested for maskless outdoor church service to get $300,000 from liberal college town. Okay, now this is, uh, I believe this is uh, from the Daily Wire. Um, let's take it uh, to another newspaper that gives us a little bit more information. This is actually from uh, the Daily Mail in the UK. Idaho town pays $300,000 to three Christians arrested over COVID masks. I don't think it was just the COVID mask. I think it was also the, the, the gathering when they were told, no, the state is locked down and you cannot do this. By the way, Governor Brad Little has tried very hard to convince us. I never said that. I never said that they had to do that. Okay, here's here's some of the receipts, and this one's an expensive one. $300,000 the city of Moscow will pay to Gabriel Ranch and Sean and Rachel Bonnet, who were filmed being handcuffed at a communal psalm singing. Now, I don't know if you remember this or not. It's, it's pretty strongly etched in my memory, and frankly, I'm still a little bit heated about the idea that, uh, first of all, that people in authority would, would go so far as to say you cannot gather even for a worship service. Now, this was outside. It was in fresh air. People were not all clumped in together, like trying to fit everybody into a phone booth to break a record. And yet uh, police showed up. And this is the disturbing part. The cops arrested them as if this well is our duty. We're keeping the community safe. And, and look, I'm sorry if that sounds disrespectful to law enforcement. But my point is sometimes the experts get it wrong. And this is one of those instances. And although it says the city of Moscow is going to pay $300,000, I think we're all grown up enough to realize the city of Moscow isn't going to pay crap. The taxpayers are going to fork over $300,000. Now the bigger question is, why was that necessary in the first place? You know the answer. It wasn't. But this is one of the, the sad things about authoritarianism and especially the way that ordinary people, not just power seekers, not just opportunists, but ordinary people behave when they're under the influence of fear or otherwise have been manipulated into fearing their neighbors, they will actually cheer on such actions and treat it as if, well, that was a good thing. They were protecting us and they made us safer by arresting these church members who dared to go out there and sing. I don't know what you say. You know, what, what can you do? Now I'm going to give you another example of uh, another threat that was addressed that may have been blown slightly out of proportion. And there's there's something more to this than was reported by mainstream media. Now, here's some more good news. You have alternatives. 
You've heard me mention IdahoTribune.org, and I still would maintain that this is a very good source of information out there in the alternate universe, outside that noisy, you know, mainstream newsroom. You can get some very factual information. IdahoTribune.org is one of those one of those sources. I also want to recommend Casey Whalen, who has done some remarkable investigative journalism. And I mean, this is journalism in the real sense, okay? This is not, uh, well, you're part of us. You're part of the power structure, and therefore, we can say you're legitimate. This is someone who is doing the, he's asking the right questions and digging in the places where sometimes powerful people do not want us looking because, well, it doesn't reflect very well on them. So let me show you the, the slide associated with this. And yeah, it's, uh, oh, that's the Patriot Front members arrested in June of 2022 when they were showing up to a pride celebration. They were there to counter, to, to protest actually at a pride celebration in Coeur d'Alene back in June of last year. Now, I know the, the popular narrative is, well, this was a bunch of violent white supremacists who came prepared to riot and to injure people and to intimidate people. And, and therefore, the best thing that could have happened was the cops came in and arrested, I think, 31 people all in the back of a U-Haul truck, which is how they were, were traveling um, to the park where, where they were going to mount their protest. Now, I'm just going to ask you to consider this. Is it possible that the uh, corporate media left anything out of their coverage? See, honest people would actually want to know, am I being told the whole story or is that just the sum of it? Well, it was a bunch of angry white supremacists who hate gay people and anybody who isn't like them. But it turns out there is a lot more to this story. And in fact, it's, it's very chilling because it's not just Patriot Front who's being focused on as a potential problem. If you are a patriotic American, if you are someone who embraces traditional values, and I mean, like, I don't want my kids being taught how to perform oral sex or to start thinking, maybe it's time I start cutting off my breasts or re have my uh, you know genitals removed surgically and get on hormone blockers because someone with an agenda thinks that it's a good idea to start steering them in that direction. Okay, that, that makes you an extremist in the eyes of, of the people who uh, were most vocal and ready to take a victory lap last week when a jury said, yes, we find these uh, Patriot Front members guilty of conspiracy to uh, riot. Now, that sounds very serious, doesn't it? Wow, well, they stopped. I mean, come on, they arrested the whole bunch of them. We saw all the cops standing around pointing guns and, and they arrested them and you know, five of them were found guilty. And they were sent to jail. Yes, and they were all out by Sunday afternoon. So, you know, this was a misdemeanor charge for a crime that didn't actually happen. We're, we're getting into a pre-crime territory here, thought crime territory, and you don't have to agree with Patriot Front to understand that is a really bad place to go because it can very quickly be expanded to people who don't hold the, the strong views Patriot Front holds, but nonetheless have strong views about whether government is getting too big, too intrusive, or just too sexualized for our kids. So beware. I mean, if you cheer, well, these guys deserved it. Why? Because I believe they're white supremacists. Well, not so fast. If their behavior wasn't violent, if they didn't actually commit a crime, in fact, if you can't show who is the victim, then you're dealing with a made-up crime. And this is where Casey comes in and explains exactly what is at work here. And this is some wonderful reporting. He's not promoting Patriot Front, but he is definitely warning us that there is a process that is underway and it is taking aim at anyone who dissents against Against overreaching government. And frankly, if you are, uh, if you're listening to this podcast on Spotify, if you're watching this video, you're probably one of those people. So you should pay attention because those crosshairs will be aimed at you at some point. Now, I love that uh, Casey begins with with a introduction to the Hegelian dialectic. This is where you have problem, reaction, solution, or thesis, antithesis, and synthesis. 
So this is an actual actual time-proven method employed to achieve a desired goal or outcome. And this is a process that is unfolding in North Idaho regarding this, this story of the arrest of these Patriot Front members. And Casey, I'm, I'm not going to go into the whole story, but I will encourage you, you really need to check out his Substack. That's CaseyWhalen.substack.com. First, he starts with the thesis. May 19th, 2022, the Coeur d'Alene Press reported in an article entitled Human Rights Call, Human Rights Groups, rather, Call for Action to Address Domestic Terrorism. Okay, how many examples of domestic terrorism are there? I can tell you this, the demand greatly exceeds the supply. So we see people having to make up hate crimes. Jesse Smollett, we're looking your direction. And, and this is happening now in a corner of the gem state. So there's the thesis. The problem is there is domestic terrorism. What is the antithesis? Well, how about a nice big rowdy pride festival that's aimed at kids, a drag queen dance party for the whole family at a Coeur d'Alene City Park, which attracted condemnation due to children being present and viewing in what many would consider depraved sexual acts and very highly inappropriate behavior. There's the antithesis. So on the one hand, we've got the the problem of uh, domestic terrorism. On the other hand, look at this antithesis. What sparks that terrorism? Why, it's this this in-your-face, overly sexualized behavior aimed at children. Now comes synthesis. How do we solve this problem? Well, the answer was right there waiting for us, and that is we get the authorities together. And here comes Christopher, Christopher Goldsmith, an MSNBC disinformation agent, registered Democrat and president of a newly formed organization called the Task Force Butler Institute, named after General uh, Smedley Butler. And his job is to direct law enforcement agencies as to which people need to be targeted. Now, this guy has done stuff for the Southern Poverty Law Center and other professional agitation and hate groups, people who like to make lists. These are the people that we notice that aren't uh, aren't. Uh, marching in lockstep. They're not chanting in unison with the rest of us. I mean, it's it's like the old communist poster. Them, they homeschool their children. They raise their own crops. They do not believe the state's news and propaganda. Okay, it's, it's all about focusing the state's power on the dissidents. And this is, this is a perfect example of the Hegelian dialectic being played out. Now, the article goes into much more detail, and I really recommend take a look at it for yourself. Again, you don't have to agree. But the conclusion that Casey comes to, I think, bears out very nicely, and that is core players in the community. This includes the county sheriff's office. It includes Idaho State Police. It includes federal law enforcement, as well as community leaders are using situations like the Patriot Front Arrest to shape and force society into a police state to target anyone who opposes the Marxist agenda and marginalize them as either Nazis, fascist or undemocratic. I know they're just words, right? This is they're just calling names, but these words have been weaponized. And especially since January 6th, if you haven't noticed, they've been weaponized in such a way that people have been swept up off the street, depending on their politics, and kept in prisons without trial for at least a couple of years now. I know we're we're supposed to believe that can't happen here. This is this is we have a system of law and we have a country that that would never allow such a thing to happen, except it is happening. And now you have people working at the community level in northern Idaho trying to bring this about. And they're doing a pretty good job, although I have to laugh. The big victory lap that the press took, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. It just kills me that they're, well, these people went to jail for, for their crime of wanting to start a riot at a Pride event. And I think they were a little bit disappointed when they realized, hey, wait a minute. You know, they went in on Friday afternoon. Sunday afternoon, these guys are having lunch at Applebee's <laughs> and speaking, you know, holding a little speaking event, explaining, you know, where they're coming from. Again, 
you don't have to agree with Patriot Front, but if they were really that big of a threat, do you do you believe that, uh, okay, well, you know, now you've been in jail for a day or two and now you're free? I don't know. You know, I mean, on the one hand, some people probably think they got off very easy. On the other hand, it's like, if it wasn't that, if it wasn't so serious, if society wasn't actually a safer place by locking them up, what purpose did it serve? And and the, the part that is alarming to me is the fact that they didn't actually commit a crime. And you should see some of the body cam footage and and hear some of the statements and and understand that there are some things at play here, including the FBI seizing phones from these Patriot Front members without a warrant. I mean, there's there could be exculpatory Brady evidence on those phones, but Somebody's playing fast and loose with the rules, and it's all pointed one direction. If they were left-wingers, as I'm going to show you, they'd get a pass. But because they were there to protest this Pride event, well, that's hate speech, and therefore it should be punished to the fullest extent of the law. Casey Whalen points out local Marxist networks are working in tandem with law enforcement. That includes Coeur d'Alene Police Department, Idaho State Police, Kootenai County Sheriff's Office and the FBI all partnering up with the local Human Rights Education Institute on the HR Consortium Steering Committee part. He has the receipts. He can show you the emails. He This guy has gone after things with freedom of information requests, and he is connecting the dots very, very well. And they were parcel to the, re, the recent United Against Hate event at the Coeur d'Alene Casino sponsored by the Department of Justice, the FBI, and Kootenai County Task Force on Human Relations. This is informing locals. Here's how you can report hate incidents. This is the creation of a woke Stasi right here in the midst of our communities. Not exactly what you would expect in small town Idaho, but there it is. Casey says this topic and information is extremely important with the arrest and recent charge of some Patriot Front members. In fact, Captain Hagar of the Lane Police Department testified on July 19th, 2023 for the state of Idaho, essentially against Patriot Front. And they had to use some imagination to try to make it appear, look how dangerous these guys were. In one portion of his testimony, Hagar stood in court holding the 10-foot-long flagpole above his head with an American flag bound at the end, making the case, well, they could have used the pole as a piercing weapon behind a shield wall to attack anyone who was opposed to them. Okay, now the bigger question I have is, you know, and, and, and if they were all plumbed differently, they could have all been young ladies out for a, you know, Saturday stroll. But they weren't. So why do we go to what might have happened when there, there is no evidence to support that that's exactly what they were intent on doing. This is just imaginations running wild. And, and as, as you'll see, if you watch, if you go to the article that, that Casey has written, you can see in the body cam footage from inside the U-Haul, when the police go to open up that truck, before the truck opens up, you hear a cop say, you guys picked the wrong day to riot or the wrong place to riot. There was no riot. And in fact, you can hear these Patriot Front members talking about, look, we are here to act only defensively. Do not talk to people. Don't antagonize them. Showing discipline and showing our resolve by not responding when people are taunting us is going to send a stronger message than simply going in there and and lashing out. Now, maybe they're just doing that for the camera, right? Maybe they're just performing for us. But the bottom line is, if you can't show a victim, do you really want to, to create the kind of system where we, we punish what people might be thinking, what might be in their hearts, or you know what they might do at some point, potentially, perhaps someday down the road? Because that is rife with opportunity for abuse. And it will be abused, especially by politically sensitive or politically motivated people who thrive on victimhood, who can't wait to, oh, somebody hurt my feelings, that's a hate crime. Officer, officer, come, to take him away. He, he's made me feel bad. This is really scary stuff. And by the way, IdahoTribune.org has followed up on this as well. And there's 
there's a lot to this in terms of, of what we see here is a two-tiered justice system. Now, this is how they describe it. Everyone in North Idaho has noticed that the radical left-wing activists, we're talking Antifa and BLM, have been given a pass up here, while conservatives, Christians, and right-wingers have generally been punished to the fullest extent of the law. I don't see any reason to, to dispute that. And if you want to see some evidence about what that might look like, well, look at this picture. This was in Coeur d'Alene. This was the day of the uh, the Patriot Front arrests. Look at the guy on the right getting arrested. Yep, that's a Patriot Front member probably thinking white supremacist thoughts while he's being patted down there. Oh, and uh, look at that. Uh, I, I don't want to misgender this individual. Looks like a young lady carrying an AR-15 strolling by the cops. That's Antifa. So the people who were, were actually walking around there waving guns or at least sporting guns and, and there to intimidate anybody who might disagree with the kids being invited to a uh, family-friendly drag show. Yeah, they get a pass. Doesn't that strike you as just a, a little bit odd? I mean, if they're, look, if, if the, the Patriot Front people had actually engaged in violence, I would not be questioning, you know, whether it was appropriate to arrest them and charge them at all. But they didn't. And Antifa, frankly, has a much worse track record. Oh, well, that's whataboutism. So what? If it's true, then it doesn't matter, does it? If Antifa has a history of inciting violence or carrying out violence or attacking people, which they do, they're very good at it, by the way, quite well trained. But for some reason, law enforcement turns a, a, a blind eye or at least is instructed to turn a blind eye. Why do you suppose that is? And how, how well does that portend for anybody who just wants to be left alone? I think the, the answer is the state is, is being focused and weaponized against anyone who wants to be free. You don't have to be out there trying to impose your view of the world on other people. You just have to want to be free. And the answer is no, we will not let you be free. The people on the left, well, they've, they're, they're the favored ones at this point seems to me it's time to, to remove power from the people who are acting under such political motivation and return it to people who can, can use that power without bias and without uh, some political agenda attached to it. All right, moving on. So there's also been a lot of uh, talk about uh, inappropriate books in school libraries. And, and, you know, this, again, goes back to the idea. Why are we targeting kids? Why are we making it so important that kids have to have access to this book that makes them question whether to cut off their pee-pee or whether or not they need to engage in same-sex play or, you know, all kinds of deviant behavior? Why is that? And, you know, you would think if, if really that was such a, a self-evident truth that, well, it's not harmless and it's actually good and it's healthy, well, why don't people come right out and say it? But they don't. They obfuscate. They hide. And this is the this is the thing here. Uh, this is an article from Anna Miller from the Idaho Freedom Foundation. Blaine School Superintendent Obfuscates About Pornographic Book in Elementary School. And again, excellent. Excellent uh, fact-finding and, and connecting the dots on the part of Anna Miller. The superintendent of Blaine County School District, Jim Fowdy, obfuscated facts about the presence of a sexually explicit book in the elementary school library. Fowdy was aware that the pornographic book, It's Perfectly Normal, had been in Bellevue Elementary School, elementary school, for seven years, public records revealed, and then was moved to Wood River Middle School in the district. Yet Fowdy denied the book had been present in the elementary school and left out the fact that it was now available to children in the middle school. Now, the district did not produce any records to prove its claims, stating that documentation regarding the history of the book did not exist. Let's pretend there's no problem. Oh, we couldn't tell otherwise. Okay, they're, they're not exactly being forthright here. 
The Idaho Freedom Foundation Center for American Education contacted Foudy about its perfectly normal and other obscene books found in the district's Destiny database. Foudy stated in an email on May 19th that the book has never been available to children at elementary and is not in the school today. Foudy also sent an official Blaine County School District letter to IFF Center for American Education claiming the book is not now and never has been available to children in Bellevue Elementary School. However, public records revealed that school librarians told Foudy the book was in Bellevue Elementary for at least seven years and now resides in Wood River Middle School. Whoops. Care to care to walk that statement back there, uh, <laughs> Superintendent? Foudy said that a school librarian told him that several years ago it was purchased, but it was never shelved for students. However, records reveal a teacher librarian at Wood River Middle School, Samantha Mora, told Foudy on May 19th that the book was available for students and has a label on it stating, caution, this book contains adult material language, violence, and or sexual material. Do not take this book if it would offend your family values. Now, why would a public school make a self-avowed sexually explicit book offensive to family values available to children. Why make a book that needs an adult label available to children? These are fair questions. The article goes on to tell us Fowdy later claimed that an older version of its perfectly normal had been purchased by the district and it didn't have the graphic illustrations that the new version contains. Well, in truth, each version of the book, it's perfectly normal, includes graphic depictions and descriptions of sex and sexuality. The updated version includes teaching kids about gender identity and uses gender-neutral language, among other things. I mean, you know, come on. Can you just be honest about it? If it's such a good thing, why not tell the truth and be firm about it? But no. There is this, well, you know, it's, it's not like it was ever here, but if it was probably a good thing. Mm-mm. Now, the Blaine County School District claimed that no parent has the right to impose their personal restrictions and objections on other students. Public schools expose children to graphic, sexually explicit material, but then they attack parents who object. Anna Miller says disseminating obscene, harmful, harmful material to minors is a criminal offense in Idaho, as it should be. But the law currently has an exemption for schools and libraries. That's a loophole that many conservative lawmakers have tried to close for years. By the way, when uh, when they tried it this last year, there were a number of uh, Republican in name only uh, legislators who, uh, with the governor, said, oh, no, no, we think that's OK. It's, it's, you know, we should probably do this in the name of protecting free speech. <clears throat> Look, I know they want to appear inclusive. I know they want to make sure that they're sending the right virtue signals out there for those who may be paying attention. But right and wrong still exist. There are absolutes concerning what is appropriate and what's inappropriate for kids. Politicians, man, I mean, there's a difference between politicians and statesmen. Statesmen will do the right thing even when it's unpopular, even when people get angry with you and, and question, why, why would you do that? And it's because they have a very clear sense of right and wrong. Their, their moral clarity is, is very sharp. Sometimes that's needed. In fact, when you're exercising government power, that's, that's actually required. Politicians, on the other hand, as I've said so many times before, they will say whatever they need to say to get elected, then they will do whatever they need to do to keep the money flowing, to keep them in power. That's a pretty amoral approach to life, but it, but it does describe how most politicians approach what they do. They're very loath to give up that power. This is one of the reasons why they fight so hard, you know, when, when obstacles are put in their way. Hey, it's harder to cheat on elections. Hey, it's harder to game the system and, and, and create an open primary. Mm -hmm. 
It's because there are people who are out there who think that uh, they have this prerogative to tell everybody else what to do. It's, uh, it's a wonderful thing when government power is checked, but it really upsets those with a controlling nature, I guess, as it should. I want you to see this tweet from Chloe Cole. I'm sorry, there is a little bit of graphic content here, so don't look too close. But to illustrate the absurdity, Chloe Cole points out, one of these books is not safe enough to be published. One is being kept in public school libraries by California Governor Gavin Newsom. Now, this is not just a California problem. This is a problem in Idaho as well. So six Dr. Seuss books won't be published anymore because they portray people in hurtful and wrong ways. But they're on the other side. Well, that's a book that's teaching kids some uh, really, uh, you know, inappropriate behavior. Again, aimed at kids. This is not something for adults. This is aimed at kids. But only one of those books is actually being limited in, or is, is actually deemed so bad that it has to be limited, kept from the view of children, lest it somehow corrupt their thinking. Go figure. Dr. Seuss is a corruptible influence, but uh, yeah, freaky, unhealthy, unnatural behavior. Oh, well, that's just perfectly fine. Kids, look, do you want some more? There's, there's some great ones here. Unreal. If you ever had the sense that we're, we're moving further into bizarro world territory, that should pretty much confirm that suspicion. By the way, Idaho is among, I believe, 11 states now, it may be up to 13 at this point, who are choosing or considering limiting their association, if not cutting their association entirely with the American Library Association over the fact that they have an openly avowed Marxist running the show. In fact, she's, she's a Marxist lesbian, which, you know, the last part, look, keep it private. Nobody cares about your sexuality. You're the only one who wants to make that a big deal. It doesn't make you special. Just keep it to yourself and do what you want to do in the privacy of your home. But the Marxist part, okay, that is a concern because part and parcel of Marxism is using institutions to influence people and to break down particularly all the institutions that normally hold a society together. That is part of that Hegelian dialectic as well. And it's working extremely well. There's a lot of institutions that have really, um, you know, come apart at the seams under the influence of leftists. Academia probably being one of the best examples, but it's crept into business, you know, now with this diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, ESG scores, and so forth. We're getting to the point now where where um, people are being debanked because, well, they hold opinions that are not held by those who, uh, you know, are pulling the strings at the corporate level or at political levels. Do you not see the writing on the wall? Can you not see where that's going? I do find it funny that uh, Kirk Cameron has been banned and been discriminated against from doing book readings for his religious books in public libraries. Oh, the drag queens can come and they can read all kinds of freaky stuff to your kids, but somebody coming in there with a Christian message about, uh, you know, respecting yourself, respecting God, loving God, loving your fellow man. Oh, <laughs> now that's, that's just a beyond the pale. How could we do such a thing? So he's going to hold the American Library Association accountable for religious discrimination, working with the First Liberty Institute to assert his rights. You know, this is the sad thing about politics. Everything it touches turns into a power struggle. And this is one of the reasons why the founders wisely kept government limited to very clear, specified duties and powers. And, and there's a legal doctrine about that, you know, that to where um, it's, it's not just a, a good idea, but it's, it's essential. If you enumerate powers, you are explicitly stating that anything outside of those powers is, is off limits. So take, for instance, the powers of Congress, Article 1, Section 8. There's 18 different powers that are listed in there. Beyond that, Congress does not have authority 
to act in, in any other arena, at least not without, you know, an amendment to the Constitution and the people and the states explicitly giving them permission to do so. Government doesn't act that way, though. Now we see what happens when uh, government and, and political correctness get joined together. Yeah, it's, it's some pretty crazy stuff, and it's being forced down our throats on a daily basis. And, and when people stand up against it, they're not well-received. When the system abuses people, I'll just mention this one in closing. Um, earlier this week, uh, a jury uh, decided uh, $56 million is what Ammon Bundy and Diego Rodriguez are going to have to pay St. Luke's for protesting the illegal, well, I should say the unlawful kidnapping, medical kidnapping of a baby who did not need to be taken from his parents. I know the news media is in full spin mode. They're taking a victory lap. Yay, Ammon's going to be shown. Finally, this is what justice looks like. But it's not. Nope. This is what happens when powerful people collude with a, ju a justice system that has been corrupted and perverted to only serve the interests of those who have, you know, can afford the kind of justice that they want. Pretty scary stuff. If, if you saying, I'd like a second opinion, or I don't agree with this doctor's uh, opinion on this, and the doctor can get CPS involved and get the police involved, and they can take your baby by force, that's kidnapping, with the help of the Meridian police. And yet uh, the body cam footage shows very clearly the doctor saying, no, this child is not, you know, medically in any kind of trouble that would prevent him from being transferred to another hospital or transferred to a foster family that very night. Lies and more lies. And yet, uh, does that matter to the public? Only to those who care to go beyond what is spoon-fed to them by highly paid, blow-dried spinmeisters and propagandists. I hope you're one of those people who looks a little bit further than just simply what they tell you. And I hope that you'll take the time to question more thoroughly, you know, what the news media is presenting to you and where possible to call them out, to insist that they give you enough facts that you can make up your own mind rather than just simply quietly submitting to whatever it is they tell you. This is what you're supposed to think. That's why I'm here. I'm here to be that bad conscience who speaks up and says what they're doing. That's not right. And, you, and you're better off to question it. I'm Brian Hyde, and this is Nowhere to Hide are biased, the Idaho Press Club are biased, all media, newspaper, radio. To be completely blunt here, Brian, and there are plans to expand indoctrination. That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see. Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works.